Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mac. This is Shreddy Break, aka Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening. You are listening to. You are listening to. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Broken but glorious. Hey, yeah. Hello, welcome to Broken but Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lappin, and delighted to be joined by its birthday on Saturday, Nick Davy. Good evening, and happy birthday <laughs> to me for Saturday. <laughs> you well? Yeah, very well yourself. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, very well. Hot. Right. My legs are still. <laughs> hot, so, my legs are just recovering. But I did a ten mile run on Saturday, and my legs are just uh, just recovering. Yeah, I, w- I walked past the car today and looked at my stomach. And I was like, I'm gonna have to start um, losing some weight. I'm gonna fit back in my work clothes when we go back in September. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's what. That's my logic as well. Trying to do the running. <laughs> Yeah, and your girlfriend's favourite podcaster, Lance Rivera. Hello. <laughs> you okay? I've got to be able to fit into my tights. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> do you have a, a favourite pair of tights? I do. My pink ones. My pink ones are my favourite. I've got some new ones coming as well soon. The pink ones with the pretty lady on them. Yes, with Audrey Hepburn on them. Yeah. <laughs> I've been making some new oh, content sorry. and I've been looking through my uh, matches and for the past, like, for this year, the majority of my matches I've been wearing those tights. Mm. I even forced Jack Sinclair to get pink uh, pink trunks so we could match. Yeah. <laughs> and now Stacey Rose is being forced into getting uh, pink gear as well. <laughs> Just because everyone has to match me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got blue gear as well, haven't you? I've seen you in blue I do, gear. yeah. About that, yeah. they were my second ever pair of tights. Oh, sorry, number third, my third yeah. pair. Yeah, on the two K thirteen, when Isaac's made or everyone is major in your pink tights. So. I feel like they're the ones that most uh, most suit me. That's the think, absolute I, ladies' man I am. I think every time I've seen you live, you're wearing them. Thing. Oh, you've always been pink. I don't have the same tights every time. <laughs> Uh, no, the the first time you saw me when I faced Alexis and uh, Freddie Frederick, mm-hmm. uh, I was wearing my white ones. Oh yeah, oh yeah, That's a while ago. My, my white ones with all my many different colours on them. Yeah, <laughs> Lance in his technical dream tights. <laughs> right, so I'm sorry we have to start off on a negative point, but backlash was definitely the worst. Pay-per-view of the year, right? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. I, I sadly have to agree. I mean, in all fairness to WWE, to quickly focus on a quick positive, the pay-per-view standards have been really good this year. And again, I felt sorry for them. Mm-hmm. Again, we keep going on about the pandemic, but I mean, if you look at the pay-per-views again, when they did have a live audience, I was really, really, imp- I really enjoyed them. They were rumble. So um, we buzzed about the first three this year. Well, even the even the Saudi show was probably the best Saudi show they've ever done, and mm. that's that's. I know it's a bit of a backhanded compliment given how much of a disaster they've been the Saudi shows. But um, no, I mean Royal Rumble loved it. Eliminate Elimination Chamber, fantastic. Loved the Elimination Chamber match. Created two new stars, in my opinion, and a great tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> but then, yeah, and Takeover Portland, great. But yeah, I think WrestleMania they 
it was fine for what it was. Obviously, everyone was in that understanding stage where um, it was all fine. Money in the bank was money in the bank. That was always going to be fine because of the money in the bank concept. So I think that this, given that they never really had kind of a unique kind of match going for it, it was always going to be a bit of a struggle. I think they kind of killed themselves in the booking of Edge and Orton, making it the yeah. greatest wrestling match. I know everyone was laughing well, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard two conspiracy theories. I've heard one was the greatest wrestling match ever was going to be a Saudi gimmick because it's always the greatest something. So they were going to headline a Saudi show. Which would have made sense. Cause they, yeah. And the show was so bad in the undercard was to make the main event look better. Yeah, they deliberately made the undercard terrible. I feel like I'm in the minority here. Well, definitely I'm out of the pair of you I really enjoyed that main event. I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Awesome versus Edge. I'm not going to ask the obvious question because we all know it wasn't the greatest match of all time. But did you I think mean, the. I love, I love to think so. <laughs> do you think the greatest match gimmick campered the enjoyment of the match? Maybe not for you. Well, I noticed like, in, before the match started. They were saying this is the greatest ma- wrestling match ever because we've got moving camera angles and turned up audio. And they were like, oh, it's the greatest experience ever. And I was like, what a cop out. What a cop out. <laughs> what I will say about it, I will give them credit. The, 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 again, WWE pulling out. The, I, I was never looking forward to this, really, especially as I didn't enjoy the WrestleMania match. I still have the bit of buzz about Edge when he came out. But the video package before the show started and before the Edge Water match, part of me was like, I'm pretty buzzing just because the fact they've managed to they've managed to get me excited playing the greatest shows song yeah. as well. You couldn't help but go. Okay, well, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even excited. the proper version. It wasn't even the proper version of that song. They got the Panic at the panic Disco at the version. Disco. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm a massive Panic at the Disco fan, so oh, I can't knock I'm... it. But it, it can't be the original, can it? It can't be. The Someone original. has to be a big fan of Panic at the Disco, don't they? <laughs> Did they also play David Starr's theme tune throughout the night? Um, the uh, Joanna Jet song. Do you do you want to touch? Hey, do you want to touch me now? I don't. I don't. I don't remember it happening. To be honest, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't remember that either. I'll say, I, did, I did. I did like some bits of it. I like. I liked the homage to the SmackDown Six with the three amigos and the crippler crossface and the angle slam, and then the end where um, Orson slapped his leg before doing the punt. As he's been taking the piss out of XT people all week, saying he slapped their legs too much. So that was quite funny. But it's the same problem I've had with all the other Legends on Legends matches. It's just too long. I got bored about 20 minutes in. Yeah, I got bored. And um, I, I did also like the, the referee in veteran sort of outfit. Yeah, I did, uh, oh, I, I did cringe a bit when he put um, Finkel on at the beginning. I was like, oh. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was nice. I thought they got all of those bits right. I see, I enjoyed the build up, I enjoyed all the little touches about it. I just didn't enjoy the match itself. Do you want pops it's me? It's what, WWE really? logic. Sorry. 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 I say no, it's WWE logic to respond to everybody hating a 30-minute Mania match by giving them a 50-minute match. <laughs> 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 I like the length. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know why I feel like I'm the most like, out of place now. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Like There's some little things like where Randy just pushed him into the... Um, the turnbuckle, and he was selling his neck. I thought, oh, that's something you don't see very often anymore. I might, I might actually have that. Yeah, that's it. It was a good 20-minute 20, 20 match. Spread of 50 minutes. 
I also love how he dropped him on the announce table and whispered in his ear, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> so, uh, again, I want to play fair to it. I think we all know it would probably be better with a live audience, obviously. It's such a shame given how, how amazing Edge's return was, obviously, the... Um, the Royal Rumble and everyone, the buzz of seeing Edge back, and it hasn't helped the fact that obviously he had a, the, the match of WrestleMania was behind closed doors. The um, match of Backlash has now been behind closed doors. So I hope it doesn't put a kind of a, a damper now. When hopefully now when we don't we see Edge, it'll be when crowds are back in, so he gets the pop back. And At least he's in the reshoots for them special close-up angles. He's torn as something in his arm. He's out for six yeah, months. Tricep, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's out for six. Keep- Six Are months. you joking? Do you reckon Survivor Series the earliest to be back? Edge has torn his tricep. Yeah, yeah. when they'll do all the re- reshoot, the reshoots for the close-up in-ring camera work, they were all re- shot after the match, and that's when he injured himself. I mean, oh keep I've actually just had to uh, look it up now because you've said this. <laughs> looking at look live, live, we're doing this live. Well, he's going for surgery. I'm, oh my god, I didn't even know this. <laughs> crowds, in November, crowds can be back in by at least in some capacity. At least that should hopefully, as I said, I think that'll be that'll be helpful. It'll be. They're probably looking more at Royal Rumble for him to return, but they reckon Fab Series the earliest. I can't believe this has happened to me live on the actual podcast itself. <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> gutted. But it didn't actually happen during the match. It was just when they were doing no, the reshoots. Which, which the, makes it the, even the worse. <laughs> <laughs> so he went the special for like bits a... weren't even that good. No. <laughs> like they did like one close-up where they locked up. Another one after the superplex. And I can't name you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. He's only just come back. <laughs> oh, I... Another reason why Legend versus Legend should be 20 minutes long, so they won't injure themselves. Exactly. I mean, it was fine being 50 minutes long. It was the hour and a half that they had to do afterwards. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm absolutely gutted. I was really enjoying having Edge back. Oh, I mean, we waited 10 years. We can wait another six well, this, months, So this match was kind of half cinematic, half live then, wasn't it? Because they... Film the match and then reshoot bits of it. I, I wouldn't class it cinematic though, because it would, like no. I say, I, I couldn't even name you anything outside of those two spots. Yeah, did the enhanced sound enhance it for you? I <laughs> mean, did it just I, look weird? That there's there's the sound of a hundred thousand people and twenty people watch. <laughs> I thought that was weird. I noticed that. I was like, they must be like proper shouting. I thought <laughs> I didn't realize until you said it. I was like. They must be proper going for it. Like, good on them. <laughs> I suppose there was some enhanced sound, like I say before, when you could hear Randy Orton whispering in Edge's ear, like, I'm mm. going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton of it in the Premier League, aren't they? P- piping in crowd noise when skulls go and stuff. So oh, are they? Weird. Yeah, I've been doing it in the Bundesliga, and I think it's worked pretty well, to be honest, in the, in the, in the Bundesliga. See, I got bored of the Bundesliga like pretty early on because of how like easy it was for Bayern Munich, and I was like, it's just not even a competition anymore, is it? <laughs> the smacking Dortmund around the, their closest rivals, I was like, oh, it's, it's like watching Sunday League at this point. I could play. 
The whole league just seems to be a feeder league for the Dortmund, for him, Munich. I think it's, uh... Need to go from Dortmund to Bayern Munich or Dortmund to the Premier League. <laughs> uh, shall we move on to Drew versus Lashley? I thought this would be this was a great match until Lana appeared. I, I thought it was great, just big man bashing the crap out of each other match. We haven't had that for a while. So. Yeah, I thought Lana's interference was a bit, it was a bit awkward, wasn't it? I think with Lana's interference, I'm actually this, I'm actually going to defend it. I think that this match was actually a really positive from the show. Yes. Um, I think it was a good match, really good match, like Big Ben crap. And I think Lashley comes out of it looking strong, but I think it was the correct finish. I think I actually called it on last week's show. I think they kind of needed, if Drew was to win, I think it kind of helps Lashley the fact that it was in a, a pretty poor way when it does develop that storyline with Lana and Lashley clearly going to come to an end soon. I think it helps... Um, I think it helps that storyline. It helps, and I think, as I say, it does keep Lashley looking strong. Obviously, Drew wins; he keeps the title. So, no, I think the booking was all done correct for this match, and um, and yeah, an actual positive from a, a rare positive from the show. I think because it was um, a, a decent wrestling match with the correct finish and um, an interesting angle where you can develop it from here as well. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised. They'll have a rematch at Extreme Rules. I hope so. Maybe a cage or something. No. Something to keep Lana out, so MVP out as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, I, I wouldn't even. I think it will be a. Um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll get a match. You could even. You could even potentially go down the route of pushing MVP in there somewhere, a bit like when like The Rock would like defend his title against like Chris Benoit and Shane McMahon back in the day. They've done too many title handicap matches recently. I was about to say wouldn't that just be too similar to what, what we've yeah, just had what we just and had and then yeah. we had only had um, Braun and against Sammy Cesaro and Nakamura not so long ago as well yeah no good point no well it's just a suggestion but I mm. think um, mm. it, it probably yeah you're probably right I think MVP you could argue he's doing absolutely fine in, in his managerial outfit you don't really need to get him involved so no but yeah a rematch between the two in a, in a stipulation extreme rules could certainly work I think what would be cool if you did have MVP as managing Lashley in a cage match, if MVP just scaled the cage and climbed over. I always like that spot where they're like, oh, no one can get in, and then MVP will like, climb over, and he's like, ah, <laughs> I've played the system, mate. <laughs> so they say lumberjack matches. How are people going to get involved? Well, the lumberjacks can get involved. <laughs> that, that was the one like with um, Seth and Dean, where they ended up going all around the, the arena, and they're like, the yeah. men are keep them in the ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember watching that thinking, what? <laughs> I, I do also like the way how they brought the four Nelson back from like a I transition move that. to like a proper devastating finisher. Yeah, because yeah, the, the last person I remember using it like that was Chris Masters. Yeah, and the fact they've actually made it something deadly and like positive again, I, I really like it. Taz mission was always the best for that. Oh, yeah. But do you think they've done it as well because Taz is now on a on an AEW in like a an actual capacity? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, um, I, I quite like it to be honest. I think it it needs to be a big man that can put it in, and if they can, it's such a good wrestling move and a good submission move. So I'm happy that they have brought it back in some capacity, and it gives Bobby Lashley that uniqueness as well. Because I think he's never had a submission for a big lad. I think it's good when they do have submissions up their sleeves. So I've got no complaints about it being brought back. I like how he yeah. puts the hooks in as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that's different as well. Because you don't see that very often, especially with like a 4 Nelson. It's kind of just something people stand there with. But I like mm-hmm. how he's 
using it like more like a traditional sleeper hold. You know how people will end up taking them down. Yeah, like like Ziggly used to do, like when he first started. I really like it. Cool. Uh, our final match we'll be talking about in this bit is the women's tag team title match. This was a great opener. It was a lot of fun. And I, yeah, I love the I way really how, it, it. how it was a triple threat, a proper triple threat match. I really liked, um, I noticed uh, Alexa Bliss's emotions like after the match and how um, Peyton Royce and Alexa Bliss looked absolutely gutted. Yes. Yeah. Like they both looked like they were about to cry and I thought, oh my God, that's... That. The emotion that they were like portraying there was great. Indeed, it, it was actually quite a good match. To be honest, it was. Um, I think with the um, the Raw tag team, oh, sorry, with the women's tag team titles, they've not really. I mean, I've not really ever really been sold into it. Uh, I've, I've never really found them. I've never really had any great matches, but this was actually a pretty decent opening match as well. And um, and I'm quite liking it of all angles. I'm like with Bliss and Cross. You're still wondering, oh, will we see a Bliss turn? But then I'm actually really enjoying them as a tag team. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Iconics. Obviously, they've had trouble recently. And then of course Bailey and Sasha. You could argue it's only the matter of time. So um, no, it was quite nice having it sort of from all angles where all tag teams kind of need the win for their own well for the, for the own status of their tag team really. So I think that helped. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the match tonight or tomorrow between was it Tegan Knox and Ch- Chelsea Blackheart is going to be against yeah. Yeah. Bailey and Sasha that's going to be should be a great match definitely just on the on the point of uh, Alexa and Nikki as well I think um, I think everyone would genuinely be gutted if they split up as well which makes you think they're going to do it eventually but I think they've built them so well mm-hmm. to the point where we actually do care because at the start we were all like Oh yeah, she's just going to turn on her like next week. But they've built it for so long, and uh, I think by this point now, if if they did turn on each other, or Becky turned on, um, sorry, Becky, Alexa turned on Nikki, uh, we'd we'd all be genuinely upset. Yeah, definitely. could even do it the other way, like go for a swerve and have Nikki return to like her mental sort of way that she was on NXT, have her turn on Alexa. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Because it'd kind of come out of nowhere, and you you wouldn't expect that at all. Yeah, I'd love that. Nicky Nicky was so fun as a, a heel in NXT, so, which is just a weird little thing. At least sat in the corner and spoke dead weird. <laughs> you could barely understand <laughs> Scott Jackson. Because you could even bring like Damo. Nicky wants back. to play. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. could always bring Damo back for that as well to uh, to accompany her and everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, he's NXT. I was thinking he's in NXT UK, but he's not. He's in NXT, isn't he? Yeah, not, not seen him for a while. Yeah. On Sanity, who was in Sanity again? It was Alexander Wolf, but he's obviously in Imperium. It was uh, Eric Young's going back to Impact. He's released, yeah. And then Kitty and Dane, NXT UK. Yeah, you could even call up Dane to the main roster and have him with Nikki. So, well, this is food for thought further on down the line, isn't there? Which is always always useful when you've got options to play with. And then you could use Braun as well and have. Little and large back together, and then you could have a big feud between them. <laughs> That'd be fun. perfect. <laughs> good bit of writing. Oh, I'll have to, I'll yeah, have to um, like WWE now. <laughs> I want this idea. It's also great how the, it's progressing the Bailey Sasha storyline, still building towards a match at SummerSlam, maybe. I think so, especially if you looked at like Sasha when she was. So when Bailey handed her the title before they went out, and she was yeah. like looking at it and was like holding it, like, yeah, this, this is mine. 
And then after the match where she throws the titles at her and gives her the WWE, the women's title, and she's looking down the camera like, ooh. <laughs> like these, these proper obvious like, ooh, you think I'm going to turn. Look at me holding this title. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that did pop me when I saw it because she like looked at it and like, shush down the camera so I was like expecting to score a 30 yard screamer after that I was like oh alright <laughs> yo what's going on it's your boy Big Wavy Roy Johnson here don't be a waste man check out Broken But Glorious the podcast jeez alright so no questions sports entertainment this week as next week's our third birthday party quiz uh, and we're going to make the whole show a question of sports entertainment and you'll see me humiliate Lance for 45 minutes. Happy birthday. Um, I'm sure you will humiliate me. I have no, I have no doubts in my mind whatsoever. <laughs> right, so this Friday, we release our interview with Joe Rage or Aaron Jacobs, depending on which promotion you've seen him at. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so as a special treat, um, here's an exclusive qu- clip of the audio from the interview um, for our podcast listeners only and um, this part was not included in the interview so I hope you enjoy and it gives you a good taster of the interview as a whole Whatever happened to Amir Jordan's mate the, the North Wrestling you said uh, where, where's Shabazz <laughs> I've never seen <laughs> Yeah yeah What happened to him <laughs> that, that was um... I was going to ask that during the interview but I'll just make sure uh, you no, remember it well, Yeah you can, you can ask it during the interview as well but yeah. like um, that was uh Right before we went out, um, mm. I said to I said to him like, um, "Do you have any mates that like couldn't make it tonight or something like that?" And uh, and he says like, "Yeah, I have a mate called uh, called Shabazz. Like he couldn't he couldn't make it." I was like, "I was like, right, okay, that's that's perfect then," because um, like I was trying to emphasize the start of uh, Erin as as kind of like a, a stalkerish character who kind of knew information that he probably shouldn't know. Um, it was going to kind of delve into, um, you know, like really sort of, uh, um, downgraded videos of just like on the phone sent to certain wrestlers. And it's like a, a video of their own house and their own street and stuff like that. I don't know why you kidnapped him or something. Just when you're saying worship out. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, like it, it, like that's that's the really great thing about like um, about the Erin idea is that like Mm. everything he does is kind of an idea. It's not really like like I'm not saying that I kidnapped Shabazz, and I'm not saying that I did anything to Shabazz, but I'm just saying where is he? And it's quite (laughs) a coincidence that I'm asking that, and he's not able to make it. Yeah, Uh, Um, that's cool. (laughs) It's all things like that, like. When I come out with the blood on my face and stuff like that, I never killed somebody before he came out. It was yeah. his own blood. Like where where the, <laughs> I want to know where this came from, and that's kind of like you know that because I've I've only seen you wrestle once, I saw once or twice, and you're you're a super good guy when I've seen you. Yeah, I saw you. You're teaming with David Blaine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Against them, David Sun, Blaine at EPW. T- yeah, t- that was um, t- Tokyo Chair when. Ticker Joe's mate, <laughs> another samurai guy. <laughs> so, 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 where was that at then? Was, was that in Oldham? No, Wallasey. Ah, yeah, Wallasey. Yeah, yeah. That was my oldest first ever wrestling show because Bram was on that show. Of course, he was at TNA event, so he's like, but <laughs> so he didn't know it was just a little <laughs> independent. <show. laughs> so, That's good. Cool. 
There's only like nine at the time, I think. See <laughs> <laughs> me come out with David Blair's like, who's signed these two? Like, <laughs> who's signed these two? Whose job is that? They need sacking. <laughs> You didn't hear David Blade's name properly, so you called him David Davy Starry Pants for the rest of the night. So. <laughs> That's class. Kids come up with the best wrestling names. I think. Yes. <laughs> right, so I hope you hope you enjoyed the taste of that interview. Um, I had a lot of fun talking to Joe, and the interview again will be out on Friday lunchtime. It was the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders was selected as the cinematic match for this show. As we've asked of all of them, where did this rank? <laughs> so. um, it's match of the night. It was my match of the night, but it was. Yeah. Um, I preferred it to the um, to the last to the NXT Takeover match. To be fair, um, yeah, cinematic. So it's probably my second to worst one. But uh, that's a harsh way to say it. It was actually quite fun. But, and it just wasn't as good as the other ones, but yeah, better than last. Well, as I said last week, they either have to go ultra serious with it or go stupid, and this one went stupid, so I can't decide whether it was genius or an incoherent pile of crap. Well, you say it was, <laughs> it was. Uh, not serious, but to be fair, the, the good thing was, I think that we've actually got a lot of stuff coming out of it, which could be great going mm. forward, um, which I think is really good, but um, um I thought there was a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I really like this a lot. Well, shall, got... shall I go through the highlights and then you can jump in whenever? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the, it started in the, the parking lot and they accidentally broke Braun's windshield. And then the Street Profits grab golf clubs and the Raiders have sh- uh, shields and axes and a bowling ball. <laughs> um, Ivar rolls the bowling ball into Ford's bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> And suddenly a group, a group of ninjas on motorbikes pull up and all four men in the park and that and they take off their helmets and it's because Akira Tokozawa, uh, the prophets and the Viking Raiders decide to team up on the ninjas and then Tozawa summons his ninjas, they attack the prophets and raiders, then a huge brawl erupts. And uh, they easily defeat the ninjas. Then Tozawa <laughs> calls over his really big ninja. <laughs> then uh, Ivar uses the force to get a chicken leg out the bushes. <laughs> the giant ninja pulls out a sword and the prophets and raiders flee to the top of a truck. Yeah, they started they, fighting on top of the truck. They started fighting they and fell then fell into a dumpster. Yeah. And then, yes, then there was some rumbling in the dustbin and it was either an alligator or an octopus or the garbage monster from Star Wars. I've heard different people say some people say it was an alligator, some people say I thought it was an octopus type. I thought it was an alligator. Yeah. I thought it was a gator like from uh, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. (laughs) I wanted it to be the trash monster from Star Wars now though. Yeah. (laughs) You've won. I thought thought because they used because they used the force. That that was my thought. His force. I was like, no, they do lots of Star Wars references in this. (laughs) I can't wait for Ivar to meet um, Otis now. Oh, I see. I feel like they get It'll along until <laughs> yeah. Ivar uses the force to get his chicken leg off him. <laughs> so it ended in a dumpster. So this is obviously what Vince thinks of the tag team wrestling. <laughs> 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 I thought it was. I thought it was an odd one. I won't lie. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't know where to rank it. Like it was. I found it really odd. Do you think, think if it? It would have been better if they spread it out over the show. So they just had a little segment and then a little segment. I a think that would have been yeah, rather yeah. than a big twenty-five minute thing. Because it just Definitely. kept going from 
place to place and you were a bit like okay I think it wasn't like with Titan really Towers helped. was it where you're kind of expecting it you're a bit like oh mm. alright definitely Just... I think segment segment really helps on show, on shows as well especially shows where you need to keep your audience entertained at least it will kind of give people like a, a bit of a buzz to when a match finishes like oh great here we go what's happening next so I think that would have helped definitely but um, for me it was my match of the night like we say it's, it's weird times at the moment um, as, as it's weird times completely with in society um, well, straight straight after I watched that I was going to message you and say that was the greatest thing I've ever seen but then I was like oh, be, they probably haven't watched it yet <laughs> so, 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 well if, uh, on, on Raw as well uh, to combat the giant ninja that Tazawa's brought with him they have brought the big show back <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 that's the thing they've set up stuff going forward I mean I like the um, the bit of going to Braun's car so you could even set up further down the line like just even on a, on a, on a show Braun could have a bit of a run in with with the Raiders or, or the Street Profits later on like, even just on a segment at our next pay-per-view mm. um, <laughs> obviously you've got I mean, you've, you've created a new station <clears> as well it's given Akira Tozawa a bit of um, already like one what it's amazing what one show can do to make someone you have a completely different feel of the character mm-hmm. I mean yeah. I've always thought he's a great wrestler but now when he was when he came out with like all these ninjas I'm like oh this guy's a bit of a badass so, and he's a bit funny as well which I liked so I thought it was a bit it was pretty humorous like he, he got that down as well like just through his body language definitely so I think there's positives definitely to come out of it going forward it's actually well, as I say the good thing is it's given someone who no matter what you think about Akira Tozawa's wrestler, yes, we all know he can wrestle. He's a good wrestler. But last week, no one would give a crap about him if he was, regardless of any match. If you put him on a match on a pay per view, you can't for the you can't honestly turn around and go, "Oh, I'm buzzing for this sort of thing." Well, yeah. really <laughs> and that's no disrespect to him at all. It's just the way that obviously you can't expect someone who's not been booked at all for the last year or the last two years, in fact, to then be put on a pay per view card than to get a remote bit of excitement about it when there's no backlog story at all. But if you are now going to build up a character out of the blue who's got a bit of a bout in, then there's, it's going to create general buzz. So, no, I think um, this was my match of the night, but also my favourite part and gives me a bit of confidence going forward with with it. And, I've, and I've, above all, I'm a massive fan of the Street Profits and um, Viking Raiders. So it always gives me... Also, I love my tag team wrestling. This just gives me, again... Still hope that there is signs of tag team wrestling in WWE. See these two teams, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I could keep reiterating: it's weird times at the moment in, in all companies. So they have to keep weird matches going, and in weird matches that don't make any sense are the best things. Is what we want, kind of. If we're going to have shows without audiences, it's, it's all weird. So weirder the better at the moment. So what I'm hearing is the motorcycle ninjas is the faction we didn't know we needed till now. Yes. <laughs> so I want they... to know who the big ninja is. That's what I want to know. Well, so if they become a full-time faction, which wrestlers would you like to join at, uh, at Tazawa? And it's Jordan Omaghedon. Uh, I, I, I butchered that his surname, but yeah, he's a, I think he's a former basketball player. Oh, is that so, who he so is? He's, oh, okay. he's, close, he's close to eight foot tall, I'm sure he is. Also. Yeah, I was thinking that. I thought yeah. he looked godly big. <laughs> So who else would you want in the faction? Then? So. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm thinking the Undertaker, <laughs> a big scary boy who dresses in all black and loves a good motorbike. Are they really going to put a, ma- a ninja mask on the Undertaker? 
him being a nobody background nobody. <laughs> no, what you do is you put a bandana around his mouth, <laughs> like Sons of Anarchy kind of thing, and he just chills in the back until, until the big guy goes down, until the big ninja goes down, and everyone's like, oh my god, the big ninja's gone down. Because uh, like I was going to get like got. The boss. Yeah. And then Tazawa just backs up, he's like, no. And then the Undertaker just goes, ooh, and you hear it in the background, and you're like, that sounds familiar. And he steps off the bike, and you're like, oh no. And he just gets off his bike with his bandana, he takes it from around his mouth, he ties it around his head, and he does his little bang on his chest and lifts his arm up and rides his bike right into, like, Ivar or something. And he's like, and you're like, oh my God, here we go. I just, cute. I just said, I, I was cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not so much <laughs> and, that, and that's what the Undertaker says as he rides over them with his bike <laughs> who do you have Nick? Um, I think bring back the lethal weapon Steve Blackman uh, I think what a chance to bring back have a, have a, you have a ninja running around with like ken- kendo sticks yeah. Black trunk. So I think Steve Blackman would be perfect to bring back. If you're ever going to bring back Steve Blackman, I think now's your chance. Yeah, he's still, hard, he's still hard as shit, isn't he? He's a bounty hunter now, isn't he? Or yeah. He has his own show in America. So. And it's good for the attitude. What about the attitude era? <laughs> I just can't wait for him to see him with his glow-in-the-dark nunchucks. Yeah. <laughs> like the I've Street got... Profits in the War, war Raiders hiding a, uh, in a cupboard or something and like, I hope we're safe here. And then they just they come up from the background with nice little glow-in-the-dark nunchucks. Cool. So you've gone for the big guy. You've gone for the hard guy. I'll go for a flippy guy and Evan Bourne. He can do the kicks. He can do the... He can look like a ninja. Flippy stuff. And he... Yeah, I don't think he'll be care being underneath a mask. So... I think we've got a good group here. Yeah. <laughs> Tizawa, The Undertaker, Evan Bourne, and Steve Blackman. And Jordan O'Mogbeham. <laughs> I, I didn't want to try and say it. I thought I'd let you do it. It sounds like one of those weird crews you'd find out that travelled together and you were like, oh, I'd, I'd never, I'd, I would have never thought that. Like, like John Cena and Michael Cole. Like the Bone, yeah, the Bone Street crew. They're just rap, it's like Undertaker and, and the, uh, Godfather and Yokozuna and Savio Vega and all this. Like, like no, no connection. Yeah, <laughs> well, I like, thought that when I first they just, they just like, 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 they're just, yeah, they're just like playing dominoes together. So. <laughs> so. They've all got it tattooed on them and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. Tattooed. <laughs> but then you think <laughs> they've got, got this all tattooed on them. And yeah. they all just like to sit there and play dominoes. <laughs> They'd end your life with no question. <laughs> you would not mess with... They were probably the hardest dominoes players ever. <laughs> I used to love playing dominoes, to be fair. I'm like, oh, I want to be in, I want to be in that group. <laughs> this is Royce, ISAAC, dollar sign, one half of the wild cards, and you are listening to Broken But Glorious. <laughs> Right, so it's time for the BBG Big Debates. So last week, our question was, the what is the greatest invasion angle? And here are the results. So in last place was Nick, 8%. Smackdown invades Raw. Um, And the winner was me, finally. (laughs) So Hogan joins the NWO, 50%. So it was quite close. It was throughout the whole week between us two and then. I know it was. It was a debate about them though, and they lost <laughs> their own debate. 
<laughs> to be fair, that kind of sums up their time in WWE, the poor guys. So what we're debating is, which lower league talent had amazing entrance music? Uh, so Nick, you're first. Say it to my face! <laughs> Addict Riley. A great song, um, really great <laughs> song. Suited Alex Riley's character as well when he split up with Miz. I think they used his theme tune actually as the build up video as well for his feud with the Miz uh, back in 2011. So, um, no, really liked it at the time. As I said, I was a big, big fan getting back into it then. So, just a, a really cool song. So, I did say it to my face. <laughs> I love that tune. Great song, great man. Um, and a really that, good, that, uh, that song inspired the debate because I heard it the other day. I was like, oh, what a great song. Wasted <laughs> on someone. That should be a main event song. <laughs> so, it was either that or Billy Kidman I was going to go for. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, but yeah, Alex Riley for me. Lance? I'm going with one of the most underutilised talents in the past 10 years. And it has to be uh, uh, Mike and Maria Canellis' song. Here's to the greatest. Just such an underutilised talent in Mike Canellis and mm-hmm. like them together. It's just it's such a shame it all, the way it kind of fell off, how he got suspended firstly and then um, had to take the time off. Um, yeah. He had such a good talent behind them there. Like, mm-hmm. Just imagine, imagine like if they put him in NXT, NXT TakeOver for, for WrestleMania. And you just hear that, and then everyone's singing it back at them. Yeah. Because you, you could see it happening, couldn't <laughs> Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, and he was, he's such a talented wrestler as well. And she's such a talented manager as, on top of that. I just, I he he won a fist into the Undisputed Era. And if they were looking for a fourth member for Roderick Strong, because he was trying to big, huge, huge, huge name in Ring of Honor. So. Oh, that would have been good as well. Uh, it's just such a shame <clears> that he was underutilised, and it's a such such a, a crime. It's a crime <laughs> that we will never hear that song played in WWE again. It's still the greatest. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Oh, it's a crime match. I'm just crime. surprised they haven't adapted it to the greatest match you've ever known for this play movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I've gone because used to talk my choices. They're my two. I was like, oh, <laughs> so I've gone for Santina Morella, uh, El Victoria, a Mia. So it's victory is mine.
Uh, so as you heard in the clip, it is so operatic and has amazing drums and strings and it builds and builds and builds to almost apocalyptic level. And then Santino, a comedy jobber who uses a sock as his finisher, comes out. It just doesn't suit him at all. <laughs> and, it just... and if you read like the first line in translation, it's victory is mine, vic- victory is mine, and evil sun burns the world of its fire. That's nothing to do with Santino Morello. <laughs> hey, to be fair, he was an MMA fighter who got pulled out of the crowd in Italy and won the Intercontinental title on his first night on Raw. No, I just it just doesn't scream doesn't scream comedy hail to me. It sounds more like a Godfather mafia gimmick would have been more suitable for it. Santino should have had that. Oh, shut up your face for the 80s. That was a When I was a boy, hey, then that one point, I'll shut up in your face. When I was a young boy, and then the dream. You know, if he wrestled, if he was a UK wrestler doing that gimmick, he, you know for a fact that that would have been his music. Mm. 100%. When I was a young boy, a UK <laughs> indie wrestler. All right, so your choices are. Say it to my face, Alex Riley. Is it the greatest love? I think it's called or the greatest love. The Canalises or Santina Morella and Victory is mine. Um, the poll will go up on our Twitter, BBG Wrestling. Uh, True Wednesday. Love, that's what it is. True Love, it's called that. True Love. Oh. Yeah, the poll will go up Wednesday lunchtime um, on our Twitter, BBG Wrestling, and the winner will pick next week's debate. So. Yeah, Lance, do you, have you got any t-shirts you want to sell? I do. <laughs> uh, I have some t-shirts left at launchofarea12.bigcartel.com. I reckon you should all get over there right now. Like you, who's listening to this, you, you can hear me. You should go there now and you should buy one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'm wearing the same t-shirt I was last week, the Will Ospreay. <laughs> I feel like... I'm being cheated on with Will Ospreay. <laughs> if you love Will Ospreay so much, why are you getting him? Mm. <laughs> All right, so as always, we have plenty of interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> um, last week we released three, so since Friday we released our one with Mad Doc, Doherty, Paco, and WWE legend Tugboats or Typhoon or the Shockmaster, whoever you know, uh, Fred Altman. He's sounding like a lovely guy in the interview. <laughs> this Friday we have one with Joe Rage, and on Sunday I think we're releasing one with another WWE legend, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, if you enjoy our show, follow us on Twitter, BBG Wrestling, and check out our website, bbgwrestling.com. Good night. Good night. Good night.